Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I did bring up <laughs> that damn AMP. He got an old-school <laughs> alarm clock, like one, at, like, like one at the really old hotel. What? Where are you, where are you at, Matt? Went out, so yeah. I'm in the Luxor Hotel right now. Hey, shout, shout out, out to, to the, the Luxor. Luxor. Yeah. Shout out to the Luxor. Yeah. That's good stuff right there. Let me see if I can take you to see. Oh, a tour of the Luxor. I like it. No, it's not a wander around like the Chase Center, but I wanted to show you my view because I got lucky because that's a Legion State or Legion Stadium. Very right nice. Out there. Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. That's so, terrific. Look, looking forward to watching and covering a good team. Now it's hard to time. Vegas is always difficult. That's that's probably not a walk, right? Oh no, it is. You, oh, is it? Yeah, we. Yeah, right well, they have the place locked down like Fort Freaking Knox, oh. so we we have to walk all the way through to the other side of Mandalay Bay. Then they shuttle us over, but still drop us off like two and a half blocks away from the stadium. You and walk we over to walk bridge. All the security. Uh, no, we we don't get to go over the bridge. That's for fans only. We have oh. to go all the way around the the backside where the media entrance is. Okay, very good. Well, it's exciting. You get to cover the Super Bowl and. That's uh, great. Not the Sacramento Kings losing to the Detroit Pistons and doing nothing believe uh, a day later on the trade deadline. Did you happen to catch any post-game remarks last night? You know, I read and saw some of the quotes that were posted. I did not see it. I got back to the room, recorded the podcast, and basically went to sleep. Uh, and I, uh, to be honest with you, I didn't want to hear from any of them. I saw Fox and Sabonis spoke at the podium. Great. Like, I'm glad the issue of sending Keon Ellis out there after bad losses is over, and we don't have to talk about that part. But I don't know, like, what, a, what are they going to say that's going to be any different from what I've heard? That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. Yeah, we've no. heard that a, a million times at this point. So not exactly what they said. It's <laughs> not exactly what they said. Domas was clearly upset. Malik spoke at his locker. He was very upset. Mike was furious. Mm-hmm. And, you know, De'Aaron was like, it's a loss on the schedule. Yeah. And yeah, ob- obviously, yeah, and, and, and that's and that, 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 that's been a big focal point of the show today, of the conversation today in, in, in the, in the, in the 10,000 foot view, as you were talking about earlier, man, and that's exactly what it is. It's, it's one loss. It, it's one loss on the schedule until it's not mm-hmm. right. Until you're at the end of the season 
and you're a game out of the sixth spot, and you start thinking about games like Detroit and Charlotte, mm-hmm. and you start thinking about games mm-hmm. like uh, even Milwaukee, where you, you 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 lose because you were missing free throws. Uh, there was a point where the Kings were down five and had missed eight free throws, seven free throws. I don't think yeah. they even shot another free throw. I think that's how many they wound. I think they were fifteen they to twenty-two like shot one on the day. Yeah, and so it was like, oh, look at that free. Th-. And and I think part of that played in like Detroit hadn't missed any. So it's like, oh, look at that. Free throws are a thing again here. Um, but in, 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 in I'll stall De'Aaron out, I guess, just a little bit. Like, yeah, he's right. It's one loss on the schedule until it's not. Until you look back later and you start to think about games uh, like ones like this team. I, it's, uh, I think it was King's Film Room or, or, or King's Muse. Someone posted the three teams that have lost to Charlotte and Detroit. The Kings are the only good team. Man. That's lost to Charlotte and Detroit. It's nasty. That's tough, man. It wasn't a. Yeah, it wasn't a good night, Matt. It wasn't a good night at the podium for anybody. Yeah, for me, De'Aaron speaks in two ways. There's De'Aaron at the podium, who, if he's going to be upset, it's in his body language, not in his words. It or it maybe it's in his short answers. But mm-hmm. De'Aaron speaks through his body language when he's angry. De'Aaron speaks on the court, the way that he plays that's the that's what I pay attention to. Like, De'Aaron has been very open about, like, how he handles games and how he mentally gets through tough losses, and he's done it more often than he's gotten through wins here in Sacramento, is he, he kind of shrugs them off and lets them go the second he walks out the building. Whether you and I want him to, to treat that differently or not, that's how he's wired. That's how he gets through an 82-game season. Ultimately, as long as he shows up when it matters the most, that's what's important. But exactly, as long as he shows up. So the way De'Aaron speaks on the floor, how De'Aaron plays, he can say all he wants about tough losses or not, but how is he playing in those tough losses and how is he playing after those tough losses? The 12 points says way more to me than anything that he said or could have said at the podium. I agree. And and, and that's, that's, I think, where De'Aaron is at right now is I talked about this on the pod last night. There's only one player on this roster. His his numbers aren't always the same, but there's one player on this roster that I see fighting every single night. It's DeMontis Sabonis. That's the only player that I see fighting every single night. Some nights, like last night, he has 30 points. Other nights, he has 12 points, but typically it's in a... I mean, it's been 33 straight double-doubles. Sometimes it's in a triple-double. DeMontis Sabonis is making some sort of impact on the game every single night. And then you have nights where Barnes is playing well, but Keegan's missing. Herter's playing well, but Fox is missing. Fox is going for 40, and nobody else is doing anything. And then you also have those nights every once in a blue moon. Like, there's a game during the the road trip where the Kings had four players scoring 20-plus points. Mm -hmm. That version of the Sacramento Kings is unbeatable. I'm telling you it's unbeatable. But it's once in a blue moon. Like, it just doesn't happen very often. I don't know what it is about this Kings team. I think back to what Harrison Barnes said after the Warriors game about sacrifices, and some player has to be the one to set screens instead of get shots that given night. And I understand there's only one ball and so many shots to go around, but you can't have nights where Keegan Murray completely disappears because another player's playing better. You have to find a way to get the majority of your core, not necessarily your roster, but your core four guys. Three out of the four of them have to be able to perform at an average to above average level on a nightly basis. And this Kings team has too many moments where one guy, Domas, is consistently putting up numbers. Sometimes you'll get 40 or 30 point Fox. Sometimes you get 12 points. 
Sometimes you'll get Keegan going for 40. Sometimes Keegan's 15. Sometimes Keegan's in single digits. Harrison is either really, really good or non-existent. Kevin's either in a funk or shooting well. Like, I don't understand why this Kings team can't figure out how to come together and put it together. That's a concern of mine. Quick quick follow-up. Yeah, because you said something about um, the 12 points says more to you than anything he'll say at the podium. What does the 12 points say to you? That... I think that, that what it says to me is, is De'Aaron Fox was okay coasting in that game. I think I, I, what it says to me is, and he's not the only one, it says to me that this Kings team knows that they're good, knows that they're not great, has kind of accepted who they are, and still believes that's going to be good enough based off of last season and based off of the vibes to get them into a playoff spot. And maybe they're right. Like, this is still a good core. The fact that the Kings didn't make any changes to this uh, to this roster at the trade deadline doesn't mean that this roster is not still capable of making it to the playoffs and even making it beyond the first round of the playoffs. I do believe this team is good enough to do that and can accomplish that. I just don't want them to wake up and start to, to try to do that come April when there's a very good chance at the end of that nine-game stretch that I just laid out for you. They could be at the beginning of March. Like, we're talking March 2nd, March 3rd. We're talking the home stretch of the season. The Sacramento Kings could be in a play-in picture with a tough climb to an actual playoff spot. Like, that that's what this Kings team is staring in the face. And what I saw from Fox and what those, those 12 points say to me last night is there's no sense of urgency there. That they recognize that they're an eight or nine game above 500 team at the time, but the Western Conference being what it is does not matter to them. Because sometimes they're going to win, sometimes they're going to lose. We are who we are, and that's just the way it is. The Kings have not earned the right and are not good enough to feel that way. Because are who they are last year was a third seed. Are who they are this year in the Western Conference with teams having more of context and more of a scouting part, uh, uh, scouting report on you and the, it's easier to figure out how to beat the Kings this year compared to the last year? Are who you are could be a play-in team. And nobody on that roster, especially your star, should be satisfied with that. No, Especially on, when man. your star was one of the two people saying contender, was saying that word, contending for a championship. It was Barnes, or sorry, it was Mike Brown and De'Aaron Fox, the two guys who said those words in in in, in uh, on media day. Both of them. They were the only two to say the word championship. One of the two of them is not performing like it. Well, you know what it reminds me of a little bit is like how like uh, I, I don't, you you probably hear this a little bit as well, Matt, but definitely. In, in our culture, in the 1025 culture, everybody want to talk about how they a boss. Mm. I'm a boss. I'm a boss. Da, 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 da. But they don't, like, a lot of them don't really know what entails being a boss and the sacrifice and the hard work and everything that you have to put in to, to be a to boss, the sleepless nights, the the rejection, you know, not all, all that stuff. They don't really know what, it just sounds good to say, I'm a boss. Right, it almost feels like the same thing when you talk about contender. You want to be a champion. We're trying to win a championship. We're trying to do more. Like it sounds good. It sounds like what you're supposed to say, but the level of focus, the attention to detail that you have to have every single time in your practices and your games, all this other stuff, it doesn't seem like they understand. That's that's what makes a championship contender. That's what makes a team that's has bigger goals. It's one thing to just say it, like it sounds good to just say it, but are you really applying yourself the way you should if you have higher goals? 
I'm not here to answer that. I'm not in the workout room or the practice rooms or all that. I'm not not questioning their work before that. I'm questioning their results. That's what I am questioning. It doesn't feel like you're taking the steps necessary to be that contender you say that you are or you want to be. Guys, it might be a little too early to to talk about this, but I, I think De'Aaron is approaching a crossroads because think about what Mike Brown said at the end of last season, his postseason press conference. He says, "I like Mike has coached the greatest players, some of the greatest players to ever play this game. He coached LeBron, he's coached like Steph, he's he's coached uh, Kobe. Kobe at one given time. Like he knows what it takes to be an absolute superstar in this league, and he has told us, and I believe him. I don't think he's lying to us and just hyping up his guy. He has told us De'Aaron Fox." has everything has the capability of being a superstar being one of those guys being one of those greats and the reason why i believe him is because he always follows it up with but here's what it takes it takes committing to being that every single day and that commitment to being that every single day is still what lacks with De'Aaron. i'm not accusing De'Aaron of anything i don't i don't know him well enough or personally to be able to even suggest what his mindset is but if De'Aaron is satisfied with being the star and being a max contractor or high money contract player on a good team that is at best a first or second round playoff exit, good for him. If that's what he's okay with, if that's what he's satisfied with, that's his motivation other than making, like instead of making all-star games and being on Team USA, if he's really just okay with supporting his family, making a boatload of money, being a really, really fun and good basketball player on a team that is destined to only be good and never be great. If that's his motivation, I don't think the Kings can change that. But if that's his motivation, then he's not living up to the potential that Mike Brown sees in him, and he is not the guy that the Sacramento Kings can win a championship with. I want to pump the brakes really quick because I'm not suggesting that is what is going on here. And I'm not even remotely suggesting that the Sacramento Kings should be concerned at this point in time about building around Fox and having Fox be the type A guy, the, the, the alpha of a championship team. He showed it to start this season. We saw how good he can be and how he can score with the best of the best in this league. I do believe a healthy De'Aaron Fox get to the playoffs. We'll see that again. But games like last night and the ups and downs of a season sometimes make me question like, what is Fox's motivation and can Fox accomplish what Mike sees in him, but what Mike is challenging him to be? Fox has always said he wants to be coached. Mike is the first guy to truly come in and coach De'Aaron. How is he coaching De'Aaron through this stretch? Is it middle of the season, dog days, hey, rest up, stay healthy, we'll make our run later? Or is it you got to commit to being great every single day, 12 points against the Pistons isn't good enough? Hey, real quick, because I'm seeing this a lot. We got three media people on here. Jimmy James says he's freaking hurt. Chill. I, I, this is news to me. Yeah, De'Aaron's hurt. I don't. I don't I, think that. Oh, he wasn't hurt on Saturday. It's, it's news to it's, it's news to us. He wasn't hurt on Saturday when he had 41. Look, he got. He, oh, he must. He must have just gotten hurt then. Like right, but did he? It, it actually wasn't Chris Duarte who rolled his ankle. It was De'Aaron. <laughs> I do think something's going on with De'Aaron's shoulder, but we'll get to that. Go ahead, man. It has been, and he's had monster games with it. He has. He's had monster games with the the shoulder. has been that way since, like, December. It's wild. My bad. I didn't know. He has his bruises. He's playing. I mean, he he was very uh, open about the fact that when he returned from that ankle injury that he suffered, it's not like the ankle is healed. You're just able to play through the pain. We've seen him favor his shoulder. 
De'Aaron gets knocked around. I also do think that's one of the reasons why he's settling more for three-point shots in the middle of the season and getting downhill less and less is because he doesn't want to take more shots around the rim, which is what, I mean, think back to De'Aaron's rookie and sophomore season in the league. Fox was always getting downhill and half the time was ending on the floor. He looked like Gerald Wallace half the time. Like he was just always getting bumped. So De'Aaron has always played through injuries. And when he suffered the worst injuries, whether it was the the broken finger in the playoffs or the grade three ankle sprain that he came back way early from a couple seasons ago, De'Aaron will fight through injuries. It's not questioning De'Aaron's heart. Maybe De'Aaron is banged up. Maybe he's not 100%. That's fine. Most of the league isn't either. If the Kings training staff is telling him to go, more importantly, if he's telling the Kings training staff, I'm good, I'm going to go, at that point, hurt is out the window, right? You're the star. You're on the floor. Don't allow your team to get cooked by Jaden Ivey and the Detroit Pistons at home. I don't, I don't care if he's hurt or not. That can't happen. And you're the face of the – you're the star. You're the leader. That, that can't be happening. You know what else can't happen, Matt, in my opinion, is – I think Mike Brown made some mistakes last night. Yes. And there's one particular mistake that I think he made, and I think it involved Keegan Murray. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keegan Murray was obviously having a rough game. He couldn't get into a rhythm. He had four fouls. But once you get to the fourth quarter and Jaden Ivey is lighting your ass up, there's there's absolutely nothing to lose by getting Keegan Murray off the bench, putting him out there. Hey, Whatever went on earlier in the game, snap out of it. I need you to go be the best defender on this team. And if he does it, great. That's a plus for you. If he doesn't, well, he was sitting on the bench anyways. And I think that was a terrible, terrible miscalculation by Mike Brown. And I don't think I don't think that happens to Domas. I don't think that happens to De'Aaron. And I don't think it should happen to Keegan Murray. I agree. I agree 100%. Whether he had zero points or 20 points, De'Aaron, or excuse me, Keegan Murray needs to be on the floor at that point in the game, especially when you're being cooked on the perimeter. And regardless, like Keegan has shown that he can hang and guard twos. He can even guard ones at times on the perimeter. He did it to Steph Curry a handful of nights ago. Like Steph Curry had that really, really good first quarter uh, uh, or first half or whatever it was against Sacramento. And then Keegan got switched onto him and Steph, I think he had like 18 points in the first quarter and then 15 points for the rest of the game or something along those lines. And Keegan was a big part of, of that. Keegan is a versatile defender. He is your best defender. And he is not just your best defender. He's literally statistically one of the best isolation defenders in the league. And Jaden Ivey cooked you in isolation last night, period. Now, I also think it was schematically a problem for the Sacramento Kings because you're playing the Detroit freaking Pistons, right? You're not playing the Boston Celtics. You're not playing the Los Angeles Clippers. Like, don't leave Jaden. Not like Burks beats you. So freaking what? If Killian Hayes beats you, that's when I'm okay saying, hey, tip your cap. But I'm not tipping my cap at Jaden Ivey going for 19 points in the fourth quarter because Kevin Herter decided to leave him or whoever was on him decided to leave him to help player X who may or may not have an NBA career going forward on a six-win team who is attacking the basket. Trust your interior defense to play halfway decent to be able to stop a, a bona fide G League player or a rotation player. Don't leave the only guy on that roster worth pension to. So it was a schematic issue, and it was a Keegan Murray issue, or, or a lack of Keegan Murray issue. I agree 100%. I think Mike Brown got too cute, and he does that from time to time. He likes to reward the players that are playing well and keep them in there, and I get him wanting to be a coach's guy in that, or a player's coach in that sense. But your best defender is sitting on the bench when you're getting torched in the fourth quarter, when you really only needed halfway decent defense to make a run and come back in that game. 
and you, you, you blew it. That was absolutely a mistake by Mike Brown. The other thing about that, Malik Monk talked about, I thought was a good point, and it, you know, opened up the discussion for another issue is, he said, you know, we get caught in these rotations all the time. Well, you get caught in rotations because people are getting beat left and right. Mm-hmm. Like, somebody got to keep their guy in front of them, and they got to stop relying on, and I know it's the NBA. These guys are unbelievably talented offensively. Uh, the rules, you know, help them out and all this other stuff. But somebody got to stay in front of somebody and not rely on, oh, I've got the help, so I won't work to keep them in front of me. You know what I mean? Because if you, if like, if you're not making the right rotations, if you're not, if that's not your strength right now, that you can't rotate effectively and and, and stop the three point shooting the the way you haven't been able to, then somebody's got to say, you know what, I got to keep this guy in front of me because that's not our strong point, our rotating and all this other stuff. That's not the strength of ours. If we're going to be better, I got to do a better job of keeping my job, my guy in front of me. And that's one place they could start to get better. Mm-hmm. And who's the best guy at that? It's Keegan Murray. And you had him sitting on the bench because he had a tough night. Regardless of how well you're scoring and how well you're shooting, the one thing you can always do, Mike talks a lot about control, which you can control. One of the things you can control is how much effort, how hard you play on the defensive end. That was an opportunity on a bad night for one of your core three players to give him an opportunity to turn a bad night into an okay night and be an important difference maker in a comeback and a victory at home. And you let him sit on the bench instead. Whether you were punishing him or not, it's the wrong decision. And you lost because of it, or partially because of it. I don't think it was punishment. I think he just he felt like he didn't have it. And I just, I, I, I think he used it. And I think this happens with Mike sometimes. I think he just got too, too cute. Like, Put him back out there. Again, again, if it fails, like it fails. I'd rather fail with Keegan out there than him watching. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't even talk about such a – you know, Malik talked about, you know, I, I I don't like that stuff. I don't like getting booed. I play too hard. Like Malik and Trey had a – that whole second unit with they Davion Mitchell included, they had a fantastic game. Yeah. And it, it doesn't matter. And that's, that's one of the reasons – sorry, Matt, but that's one of the reasons why – I empathize with Malik feeling that way because mm-hmm. it wasn't his fault what yeah. happened last night. Malik was playing his ass off. Trey Lyles played well as well. Um, Domas, just to mention three. But, I like, I understand him not liking that. But I also don't think somebody was necessarily booing Malik Monk last night. Right. They are booing the Sacramento Kings, and you get cheered as a team, you get booed as a team, and you got to wear the good and the bad as a team. You got to wear that. You know what I mean? And that's that would be my thought on it. Like, you, I understand you don't like it. You work hard, all this other stuff. But I, you got to understand the situation. And I know Malik does. That's embarrassing last night. It's embarrassing for everybody involved. The players, the fan base, the media members that want, want these guys to win. That's an embarrassing performance and outcome last night. And you get what you get. You get a, you get a couple boos, so be it. Yeah, that, that comment there – Kenny reminds me of what you've said a number of times this season that they're just they're they're mad or bothered by the wrong things. Now, I don't blame Malik for not wanting to get booed. Nobody wants to get booed, whether they're on the floor or, or on their home floor or, or on the road, unless you like taking that hostility and use it as motivation. But nobody wants to get booed by their home crowd. But does Malik think that those boos were not justified based off the way the Sacramento Kings were playing, the expectations on this team? and the embarrassing loss at the hands of a seven, now seven-win Pistons team. So, like, 
there's no follow-up question needed. I don't need Malik to speak about that any more than he did because I don't want him talking about that. But if you're bothered by the booze, look in the freaking mirror. And I think that's what I'm, that's the thing. Uh, like, how do the Kings, where do the Kings go from here? It's not just Friday against the de- defending champion Detroit or Denver Nuggets responding to the Pistons loss. Now you're responding to whether he tried to get deals done or not. This, this group is still here. For the second consecutive year at the trade deadline, your team opted to keep this group together. How are you going to respond? Are you going to reward that commitment or are you going to prove the fans who say that the move needed to be made or the people outside of Sacramento who said you had to make a move to be relevant or to be actual serious contenders? Are you going to let those people be right? Like, you you know nobody's getting traded. You don't have to worry about losing a friend in the locker room at this point in time. Mm-hmm. You have your jobs. You have your spot. You have your roster. You know what you can be. You've shown what you can be. You know you can contend and beat anybody on any given night. And apparently you can lose to anybody on any given night, but you shouldn't accept that. Like how do the Kings respond at this point? Do they recommit to the the, the fancy little contract that Mike Brown drew up and had them sign that they're going to give 110% to what they're doing? Do they recommit to who they can be as a Sacramento King and say, you know what? We're tired. We're exhausted. We're banged up. It's the middle of the season. It's hard to get up and play a team like Detroit, but damn it. We're going to do it. Because we don't want to get booed anymore. We want to win. We want to be better than last season. And we're still together. We know each other. We know a wrench isn't coming and throwing us off anymore. We're, I'm, I'm not in jeopardy of not just losing my job. I'm not in jeopardy of, of my family being moved or being sent from a playoff team to a team like the Washington Wizards. Like that, that fear is over. They committed to you again, whether it's the right move or not. Now commit to being the best version of yourselves or at least playing and trying to be that best version. And one thing real quick I want to say, to be fair to Malik Monk in that comment, we don't know the context of what he's talking about he's mad at. Like he he, sure. he it could come off as like saying, oh, I'm mad at the fans for booing because I don't like that S. He could be saying, I just, I don't like that. Like I don't sure. like getting to the point where we're getting booed. I work too hard for that. I don't like that. Not getting mad at the fans, so we don't. There was no follow up question or elaboration on that. So I want to be fair to him because he hasn't shown any other signs except being stand up since he's been here. So I'm gonna be fair to him and be like, we don't know exactly what he meant when he said, "I don't like that." He could just not like it and understand that it was justified in that moment for the fans to feel that way. So just wanted to say that about Malik. You're 100 percent right, Kenny. 100 percent right. You excited for the rest of the weekend? I am. It's a grind, man. I mean, a, a week in Vegas in general is a grind. And I'm, I'm proud to say, I'm proud to say I've made it through four nights in Vegas without stepping to a table or a machine or anything like that. And I don't, I think that might be a Las Vegas record. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty proud about that. Yeah, but go, these are long days. Some money in a slot no, don't machine. do that. Like go to Vegas with me. That's exactly what we would no, do every night. No, don't do that. Put just, a quarter in a slot machine. You're just fine, Matt. You're just you fine. Keep your I'm money. trying to find a show to go to. I, I, I want to go to at least one show if I can get a night off. And I think I'm going to go check out the Michael Jackson show. Oh, got to do that. Yeah. So Mandalay I'm thinking about Bay. trying to check that out. But I mean, this is this is a once in a lifetime experience. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of work. It's a ton of work. But like it's 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 a privilege to be able to do this, to be able to be around professional athletes, to be able to sit in the same room as Reba McIntyre and Post Malone and Usher and, and, and all these all these people like or to stand four feet away from Brock Purdy or from Travis Kelsey and, and the biggest, best athletes on the planet, Patrick Mahomes, and to be able to do what I do. I'm so blessed. I'm so lucky. And my journey to get here 
is in large part because of people like yourselves, because of Locked on Kings listeners, Sacramento Kings fans, ESPN 1320 listeners. Like it's, it's an unbelievable dream to be able to cover a Super Bowl, regardless of who's playing in it, regardless of how long the days are. This is just a, a crazy experience that I never, ever, ever thought that I'd be able to, to do. So it's, I'm tired for sure, but I'm unbelievably grateful and I'm excited to be in the building. Whether I'm in the nosebleeds or not, I have no idea where I'm sitting. I don't really care. I'm going to be in Allegiant Stadium for Super Bowl uh, 58. And and I'm going to get to watch, like when we watch on TV, all the flashes go off on the opening kickoff, right? I'm going to get to be one of those flashes to say I was there. And it, 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 I'm just, it's it's unbelievable. It's just a, a, a very thankful moment for me. Real quick, you got 15 seconds. Who do you think is going to win? 49ers. Yeah, Niners are going to win. No, Niners are the best team in football. I've said that all season long. I'm not changing now. The Niners have proven during these playoffs that they can win games that are ugly when they have to come from behind. I don't think they're going to be able to come back against the Chiefs the same way they did the Lions or the Packers. So maybe don't make that part of your game plan, Kyle Shanahan. But I think this is also kind of a redemption arc for Shanahan, too, with uh, the, the things that he struggled with, though. So the 49ers are a better football team. They're a more complete football team. Um, and I don't want to even fathom the idea of the Kansas City Chiefs winning in my Raiders building. So, Just me, Matt, and Damien, the only ones that think the Niners have a chance. I don't know, man. Our man Matt was dubbing commercials three years ago, and he's covering the Super Bowl this it, week. He earned it. Yes, indeed. Great yeah. stuff, man. Have a blast. Stay off them tables. Uh, go see my go. Go see Bruno if you can. And um, it's sold out. I was so pissed. It's sold like it already okay, sold out. No chance. Go to the penny slots, man. Pull up that. Pull up Vegas. Pull up the secondary app. Just keep an eye on it as showtime gets closer. Try to sneak in there. Don't accept uh, those little cards they give it on the strip. Though. Yeah, don't do that, Matt. <laughs> don't don't do that. Don't and don't call. Do not call, Matt. Under no circumstances do you call anyone. Um, can't wait to talk to you next week and hear more about this, man. Have fun. We'll be following you. Uh, and we appreciate you. We'll be back with more here. Uh, and make sure you're following the Locked On Kings podcast uh, across podcast platforms and here on YouTube. We'll come back. We'll talk more Kings basketball. When Dilo and Casey return here on Sacramento Sports Leader, ESPN 1320. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Man. There's a the lot hell. going on. The hell with the trade deadline. I need this press conference to get here. <laughs> trade deadline was over an hour and a half ago. That's old news. Yeah. I... Kings didn't trade anyone. What more do you want? Yeah. 
Hey, shout out to our brothers Robbie and Tony Christ. You see, they got the uh, 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 what do they call it? Culture Creators Award. Oh yeah, at, yeah, at the, yeah, at the game dope, last man. night. That was dope. They they had a lot going on at the game last night, man. They got the the Culture Creators Awards. Um, you, you see the drop? What drop? The cross colors drop. No, I didn't see the drop. Yeah, cross colors drop. Uh, yeah, they 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 they. Hey, shout out to KMB out there shout doing that KMB work for doing us out her there. Thing. KMB, I think she has something to do with this too. Um, the the young lady, uh, Brittany Claypool, she has a, a brewery in Oak Park. She was at the game last night with a stand and all this other stuff. So it was out there. It was it was out there, man. There was a lot going on. Everything except the W last night. Damn, damn, how they lose that game? How they lose that game? Damn. Let's get TC in here. Um, 916-909-1320. What's up? What's up, TC? Man, I'm just vibing. Kenny KC, man. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. I said Kenny KC. Kenny D-Lo. Yeah, hey, listen, I'm, I'm discombobulated, man, about this trade deadline. Like, look, I just it just came in the mail a few days ago, man, my statement jersey, uh, Malik Monk. But, look, man, I wasn't feeling that last night. I mean, everybody got their own way to fill him. But as far as him, like, talking about the fans born, what do you expect, bro? Like, when you guys listen to the Detroit Pistons, and then, like, how are we caring more than you guys? Everybody's, like, super nonchalant. Like, we got a championship. Like, we the Denver Nuggets. They don't even act like that, bro. Like, you know what I mean? TC, because I want to hear what he said. TC, like I said, I don't know if you heard me. But I, I will be fair to Malik in this situation when he said he don't like the booing. We don't necessarily know the context. He cannot like it and understand it at the same time. You know, it was he never elaborated on it. Another question wasn't asked. So I don't want to make it like he's like getting at the fans for sure because we don't know how he felt. I, if I if I was him, I wouldn't like it, but I would understand it. And we don't know if that's the context of how he felt. So. I, maybe you call me stalling out Malik a little bit, but I, I will bring that context to it too. We don't know exactly what he meant when he said that. Yeah, D-Lo, it's just, it's, you know what, Kenny, it's just frustrated about the whole, like, deadline, but also, like, frustrated, like, we, we're caring. It's, it's seeming like that way. I don't know for sure. I can't put words in their mouth. But it's seeming like we're caring about these wins and losses more than you guys. You get me? Like what you were talking about earlier, D-Lo, with Fox. Like, super nonchalant at the free throw line. Not putting nothing on nobody, bro, but come on, man. I, I got you, TC. And, uh, and, and I, I'm going to be honest. I, I think a lot of times fans care more than the athletes do. Um, I also think the athletes look at it differently than fans do. Um, they look at it differently than we do. Like, we are here. You know, it's, 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 it's easy because, you know, part of me thought, like, hey, I knew people were going to be frustrated with De'Aaron. But at this exact moment, what De'Aaron said was right. Whether you like it or not, it's right. It's one loss. It, it doesn't count as more losses because they lost to the Detroit Pistons. Mm-hmm. We can massage this a little bit further. And again, this isn't about De'Aaron Fox. This is about that statement of it's one loss on the schedule. And everyone said they would have been thrilled if the Kings went four and three on that road trip, mm-hmm. thrilled. Okay, they go four and three on the road trip to come back and beat Detroit. They're five and three in their last eight games. They went five and two. 
and they came back and lost to Detroit. They're five and three in the last eight games, right? So it, you, you can you can rationalize this and massage it however you want to, but the fact is, we have a four hour radio show in which we talk primarily about this basketball team, and part of this show is trying to figure out the pulse of the fan base. The fan base is furious. They're frustrated. They're tired of losing to Detroit. They're tired of losing to Charlotte. They're tired of sweating out games versus Memphis. They're tired of being up in 30 and watching that lead go down to three, wondering if you're going to lose to a Chicago team that you're wondering if they're on the verge of blowing it up like Detroit did today. Like that was the thought when the Kings were playing the Chicago Bulls. And so it's uh, when we break this down, again, I stand by my earlier point. It's one game on the schedule until it's not until we're in the final week of the season. But right now, these guys, I, the way I feel that they look at it is, we lost that game, we've got Denver, we've got Oklahoma City, we've got uh, a very difficult schedule ahead, we've got Denver in our house tomorrow, we've got to figure out a way to beat Denver. Mm-hmm. And these these guys also, I think, are... I think they're a lot like us in the sense they're aware of how they can play. Right, they have those vibes of when we're hitting on all cylinders, y'all can't touch us. Mm-hmm. Like when we're doing what we're supposed to do, y'all can't touch us. Right. And they, I think, have the the while we're left wondering why Monty didn't do this and wondering why this happened and how they lost to Detroit and why they didn't close out. They actually know why it happened. Mm-hmm. It's their job to address it, though, and that's where my frustration comes in. That's why I think my frustration is a little bit different than other people's. Today is, I bought Domas hook, line, and sinker after the Memphis game. You know, Matt was talking about his frustrations with the Memphis game. He said, right out the gate, on King's television, that wasn't acceptable. And if you came out and you did the same thing, now your words are ringing hollow. Mm-hmm. Now it's like you, it's it's that it's that thing we talked about with, um, Pacer, T.J. McConnell. Mike Brown goes to the podium after the game and says how they were trying to guard T.J. McConnell. It's exactly what Mike Bibby said during the broadcast. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. This is a team that seems to have a very clear understanding of, of its shortcomings or a very clear understanding of what they're doing wrong and either has an inability to address it or an ineffective way of addressing it. And that that concerns me as much as anything else. Yeah. No, which you perfectly said. And, and and the other concerning thing is they they fall back, they seem to fall back into these traps where like I I forgot what it was, the Charlotte loss or I think when Boston beat them or something like that. And we were like, well, how are they gonna respond? I'm like, I'll tell you exactly how they respond. They're probably gonna win two of the next three games. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. they'll get locked in for a couple of games and then they'll think everything's good and they've turned a corner and then they'll get beat by some random team in, a, in an embarrassing way. And it's this, the, the same thing. It's the same thing. So we talk about Friday. I don't know if they're going to win or not, but I can see them playing good basketball on Friday, maybe getting that win, maybe winning one or two on the road. And the pattern with them is – they do a couple of things. They think they've got things fixed, so they let their foot off the gas and they lose focus, and then they end up losing in embarrassing fashion again. And we keep going over this. This is we we're talking about run it back. I'm sure we could just run it back 
numerous shows this year. Today, we could have just said, man, I can't believe they lost to the Pistons. And then mm-hmm. just kept playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's the same thing that's happened mm-hmm. over and over this year. Mm-hmm. And I think Matt said it perfectly. I think you've mentioned it as well. The sense of urgency from this team is just not there. That's concerning for me. Is There, there never really seems to be a consistent sense of urgency or a sense of trying to prove something. You don't have nothing to prove to D-Lo and KC, but maybe prove something to yourself that you can – Continuously play good basketball and be one of the upper echelon teams, and they just, like I said, man, they just kind of let things happen. They reverted back to old habits. Hold that thought because we talked for a long time with Matt, so we're gonna step out. We're gonna come back, kind of reset things, and then then we'll uh, we'll 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 dive into that. Don't forget that question that you just asked. Phone lines are open for you nine one six nine zero nine thirteen twenty. We're with you for uh, uh, we're with you here till four o'clock, man. We've got you. Chime in. Uh, let us know your thoughts. It's Steeler and KC brought to you by Sky River Casino here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. I've never been more excited for a press conference in my life. <laughs> I cannot wait for this WrestleMania press conference to start. So one of the things that they do nowadays with 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 uh, with WWE and everything is they sometimes blur the lines between work in, mm-hmm. in real life. Mm-hmm. How much of, you think they're going to do the same thing today with the press conference or is it going to be all a work? It's going to all be a work. It's that's going to, it's going to all be a work that's played into real life stuff. Mm. To me, my thing is always, 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 if it happens in front of a camera, it's a work. Mm. I'll, go, I'll go to Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins' reaction when Punk came out. That was there was a reason for that. It was to set up what was supposed to be a, a WrestleMania main event. It just you know Punk got hurt and it didn't happen. Yeah. If it happens in front of a camera, it's part of the show. Well, That's my opinion. We'll be ready to watch the show. All I know is Cody tweeted, "I've made my decision." <laughs> we'll be ready to watch Come the on, show. Man. You guys, it was man. like twenty five hundred to sit front row at this press conference. Okay. What? That's ridiculous. Yeah, they were they were charging like you could buy tickets to sit. I they sit said at the it was free to the public. It or is, is it free to the public. Thing? No, I think it's free to the public. I'm sitting like close. They tripping. <laughs> well, twenty five hundred dollars to sit next to Rhea Ripley. I think well, about it. I Jade's think Jade's there. I think long. Well, let's see, Jade. <laughs> Jade. Jade is there. Let's see. We've got Michael Cole, Pat McAfee, Punk, Big E. We got Rock, Roman, Hunter, Cody. Seth, Bianca, and Rhea. No Jade. Well, I mean, Bianca, Bianca married. Well, they're, they're all married, actually. Is Rhea married? I think she got remarried, yeah. I think she did. She was married before? Yeah. To yeah. our guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just thought that was her man. Then she left the team. Oh, man, we lost one. <laughs> we had her. We had her. And we lost Rhea. We lost that lead in the fourth quarter. Oh, <laughs> We just kings that thing away. <laughs> Damn it! Last night, that's uh, the only well, that's the only loss that hurts more than the Pistons one, <laughs> losing Rhea Ripley. We had her. <laughs> Last night, I was uh, I was watching uh, random TV because you know, well, wasn't watching no sports you're, last night. You're, you're, well, yeah, I got you there. Yeah. Wasn't watching no sports yeah. last night, and I made a bit. It's like <laughs> people always talk about like 
Netflix, and they were like, man, I didn't watch Netflix on, Netflix is weak, man, I didn't watch everything they had. I'm the opposite. I've watched virtually nothing Netflix mm-hmm. has, mm-hmm. and it's all new to me. Mm-hmm. It's all new to me. And I guess, I think this is a new show, the uh, Grisdella. Oh, yeah, the Miami, the, the drug queen? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm all about yeah, that. I picked that. Yeah. I picked that. Yeah, yeah. I tapped into that. I'm uh, all yeah. about that. Yeah, I'm checking that out. What'd you say? I said, is that good? Oh, yeah. It, yeah, I'm, it's fire. I'm only an episode in, but it's- It's fire. Yeah, it's, you can't cool. passively watch it, though, because there's a lot of sub. There's a lot yeah, of subtitles. Yeah, yeah. But no, no, no. It's it's like I learned that quick. Like I was doing some work, and I'm like, what? what? And I had <laughs> I was like, oh. In Spanish. I was like, oh, it's one of those. All right, all right. And then, no, it's fire. Nah, yes, yeah. Oh, my girl, uh, Sophia, how you say her last name? I don't know. Sophia, modern family. It's like Bergara. Sophia Gofera. 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 I've never known how to say her last name, but Sophia. She, she, she's in that? Yeah, that's her? That's, that's yeah. her. That's her? That's her. Really? Yeah. That's, so I didn't maybe, realize that was her. So maybe gave it a I knew she was. I, I just, <laughs> I know when I saw her, I was like, oh, I'll watch this. I didn't realize that was her. Because yeah, her, is it her, her, her teeth, I think. Yeah, yeah. Little, so she's a little grimy. They did a little, one. yeah, they did yeah, a little, little grimy. They she, did because she's a smoker, so right. that makes sense. Well, and and, she, well, and smoker on the show, right? And 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 the show starts. She doesn't have no money, right? So right. yeah, yeah. All right. So yeah, that, so that's what made me say, hey, let me get us a chance. I'm glad I did. Now she's competing show. with Rock and Monet as the baddest so drug lord on television. I mean, I think Rock is number one. Rock is ruthless. Rock sold out her own son. Yeah, I think Rock is number but, one. But come on, man. I'm taking I'm taking fifty plus Mary ten times out of ten. Oh, I mean, I mean if we go in there. Mo- yeah, I mean, absolutely. we talking about Monet. So I mean Monet did sell out her kids too. She did. She Not did. to the degree that Rock did, but Yeah. I don't know. That's and we're just getting you we're getting we're just now learning uh was it uh what's her name? Griselda? Griselda, yeah. <laughs> she's a real life character, though. She's she? a blue chipper. <laughs> she, that's that's based off a real life. Yeah. The, so the little screen said, like, based on like actual events, mm-hmm. this fictionalized version. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know. So yeah, I'm um, <laughs> Kings. It's fire though. Games. I'll I'll definitely be caught up on that. <laughs> I didn't want to put on Sports Center this morning either because I would have been so agitated if I saw highlights from that game. Oh last my god! Well, it was on Twitter, and there was like people from like NBA Twitter who were tweeting out last night. Nothing like crazy. Like it's the same thing we do if like the Celtics lose to somebody. Like, damn, this is crazy. But people were like, man, NBA is a crazy place, and they put the the score up. I'm like, oh my gosh, bro, mm-hmm. like how embarrassing. They I, just, I would be they, embarrassed. They, they just beat the Thunder, right? Did the yeah. Pistons just beat the Thunder? Oh, it was two. Yeah, okay. But, I mean, Relatively. It was I mean, it was only win number like six. So, <laughs> are their last two wins against OKC in Sacramento? Probably so. Sounds Probably like the hottest so. team in the league to me. I hate the NBA, man. Man, that's last night was tough. I was hot. I was hot. A lot of people, a lot of people go on rants when they get mad. When I yeah, get, their last when two wins. Quiet. I don't <laughs> Their last two wins are against the Thunder and the Kings. Damn. And then did you? I and the you Clippers st- lost last night. They did. Just touted them the number one team in the West. They still are, but damn. No, they're not. They're fourth now. Well, well, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, but yeah. still, they got got by uh, Phoenix, which didn't help. Mm. Wow, what a bad night. 
You know, you fire these jokes off about Detroit. You know Washington's got nine wins. Ugh. Talking about we're going to hold on to Kyle Kuzma. You got nine wins. Well, they can move on from him in the summer. Do whatever you want. Like I said, they they're if they're trying not to uh, not to win to get a better draft pick. I mean, keeping Kuzma isn't affecting that. No. <laughs> you, st- you stink no. regardless. So you might as well wait for the best deal possible. This is bad. Like San Antonio and Charlotte have ten wins. Mm. Washington has nine. Detroit has seven. Damn. We lost to two of those teams. Did we lose to San Antonio? No, we almost did though. We got another in-season tournament game right there. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm watching the. I got the game playing back right here in front of me. And, Good for uh, you. The I, I need a once again. I need more than a pool reporter, because not that it mattered. Mm, but it's the principality of the yeah. situation. How did Kevin Herter get thrown out? Uh, yeah, when they showed the. <laughs> How does how's that a two? When they two, showed the replay, right. <laughs> when they showed the, the most confusing technical foul in history, when they showed the replay, it was like he got thrown out for that. Like that's you got two technicals for that. Two tags. That's, that's soft. one tech right there, Max. That is soft. I couldn't believe he got thrown out for that. That was weak. That was so weak. And he wish, turned around. Unless I missed something, he turned around and said, that's an effing foul. Yeah. And he, he got said, that's tests. enough. You're out of What? Come on, man. He didn't. Even, he wasn't even, like, demonstrative about anything. He was just, like. Such a confusing 45 seconds. <clears throat> Let's get. <laughs> I need a. You need a good drink. Hold on, Let's get Matt. We'll let Matt talk. 916-909-1320. What's up, Matt? Hey, what's up? What's up, brother? Um, very, very disappointing. I can't tell you enough mm-hmm. how disappointing it was. I'm all right with Fox scoring 12 points because you know what? He put fans in the stands, and everybody's entitled to an off night, right? It's up. It, it really comes down to Monty putting players on the bench that could uh, make up for what Fox could lack on certain nights of the week, right? Now, I hold Monty accountable because he's not getting the players that we need, obviously, for this whole entire season due to the lack of consistency on every given basis. So we're past the trade deadline, right? Yeah. So what now? Well, I, so the ex, that, so, so that's that's what I was going to ask you, Matt. Let me let me ask you a question real quick before you go. What, Give me a player. Tell me tell me someone who you could think, given the problems that you just laid out that you think this team has, give me a player who you think could fix that. Okay, well, well let's say uh, uh, Harrison Barnes. Bench him and start Lyles. And that's what I was going to talk about is what, now we got, it, we, got the, we, got, we got the guys we got, right? So now we got to look to maybe switching Brown's got the, the lineup up, right? I mean, that's the only thing you could do from here on out for the rest of the season. Start different players, you know. Switch up the bench. I I, uh, I hear you. And I'll say, I'll say this real quick. As long as Harrison is engaged the way he yeah. has been as of late, I don't think you need to take him out of the starting line of mm-hmm. Trey Lyles. I propose that when Harrison Barnes is out there giving you zeros Nothing. across the board. Yeah. Um, but now that he's, he's somewhat engaged – uh, I, I think they're fine with the starting lineup the way it is. Yeah, Matt, I understand you're frustrated. I don't think that's the call right there. Um, just my opinion. Let's try Daniel. Daniel, what's going on, my man? 
Fellas, how you doing? Good, man. How you doing? <laughs> oh, you know, not too bad. Hey, um, I, I want to talk about the philosophy of the Kings more, more so. Um, I was watching the game last night, and Katie mentioned that I believe it was almost six-minute mark, 6.07. They had attempted one two-point shot. It was all three-pointers. Mm. Now, now, if, if that's the case, right, they're, they're being given the green light to shoot the three, obviously. So is there any fixing that? I mean, you live and die by the three. I mean, it's um, whenever the Kings come out hot and they get a 25-point lead and they're shooting the threes and they're going well, you know it's not going to last. It never does. So why do we keep doing it? Yeah, Daniel, I feel like because they, they think they'll drop. Like they, they, you just, you just need one to drop. And sometimes I like, I, and it, this is what it felt like to me last night. Mm-hmm. I felt like they were chasing a high, mm-hmm. right? They got, they, they, they were, they were shooting the ball really well for a stretch. And then Detroit started shooting really well, mm-hmm. really, really well. And then Sacramento started chasing that. Like instead of yo, it's we've talked about this before. My 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 opinion on this, on their approach to this, it feels the same to me. They try to erase a five point deficit or a six point deficit or a seven point deficit with one shot. They try to erase it as quickly as they can. And if that other team is cooking at the time, which is what Detroit was doing, that's how the lead winds up going from five to eight to eleven to ten to thirteen in quick successive order. You could the crowd was groaning last night at some of those three point attempts in the fourth quarter. And I just think they start chasing. They start chasing that feeling. Yeah, I, I mean that they had because they had it. They were they had it earlier in the game. And that's right. they're 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 like, We got it. We got it. Just they're open. You take them. And 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 that's where I don't I don't necessarily have a big problem with that. It, I don't have a big problem with that. The, the reason why I thought they lost last night was they, they couldn't stop Jay Ivey. And mm-hmm. a little bit to that point, too, when you do settle for threes and you got a guy like De'Aaron Fox that can get to the bucket whenever he wants to, what are we settling for threes for? Mm-hmm. Like, get the ball. Like, Monk and Sabonis, they were working the pick and roll and things of that nature. Maybe, like we talked about, like they're just, I guess, immune to is get Harrison on the block get a get a shot that way there's different ways that you can get a shot off inside instead of the three but i I don't i don't have a huge problem with it but i understand i understand what what matt's saying i understand what you're saying in this situation there were other ways that they they could be effective in that situation i got some i got a question okay after the emotion has subsided a little bit i got a i got a question okay picture this It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it 
in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 